Oh, hi, everybody. Welcome to Football in General. It's Rob Kays. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor. Week 8 in the NFL season, man. I'd say we're halfway through, but there's a... It's the biggest season ever. <laughs> it's already going by way too fast. Yeah, I tell you. I mean, Halloween's this this uh, this weekend. Who are you going as? Oh, uh, I'm definitely going as uh, Terrell Owens, you know, because we look so much alike. Great chance. Great chance. Uh, yep. I was yep. going to... It's all in the eyes. Right. <laughs> I was going to go as uh, Kyle Brandt and, and Moss people. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Anybody watches uh, NFL Network on morning shows, uh, God, God have mercy on your soul, and you're awarded no points. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Billy, Billy Madison reference. Okay. Uh, hey, did you know there's an NFL trade trade deadline? It's in one week. Uh, yes, I've heard a little bit about it. I think it's coming up soon. So tell me what you thought about this uh, this trade, Mark Ingram back to the New Orleans Saints. Alvin Kamara looks pretty excited. Is there any relevancy fantasy-wise here? Should we, anybody give a poop about this trade? Oh, I mean, fantasy-wise, I think it's really relevant depending on what, what sort of league you're in and what your needs are because, uh, you know, he's going to be the clear number two. Um, he's definitely going to be favored, I've, I feel, in short yardage situations at the goal line. Um, so he, he may not have all the volume there, but, but the carries he is going to get are, you know, high potential for touchdowns. Um, it really, it really helps, uh, balance out that backfield. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think it's good news for Kamara owners as well, because I think this is good for Kamara's longevity in this season. Um, he shouldn't be taking, you know, the, the third and one snaps, you know, so, uh, you know, the between the tackles type of stuff, bring in, you know, bring in a, a, a big wrecking ball type type back uh, like like Ingram. Um, but in terms of, of the NFL uh, as a big show, you know, it, I think it's it's a wonderful, you know, little little story they have going there because anybody that doesn't know um, the New Orleans Saints, that's the team that drafted Mark Ingram. And he's found, you know, measured success with a few different teams. Um, definitely had some really good runs. But uh, now he's being not, not just, a you know, not picked up off of free agency, but being traded for uh, by the team that drafted him. So that has to feel good. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a ton of Saints fans that are pumped to have him back. Yeah, and uh, losing, I think, Tony Jones is their backup. Uh, losing him was kind of a blow. They haven't really been a good running team all year long. I mean, granted, they've face some pretty tough run defenses. Uh, anytime you get to play Tampa twice a year, they played New England, who's pretty stout against the run. Uh, last week, they played Seattle in a rainstorm. So, like, really not good conditions for Alvin Kamara to really produce. So, I agree with you 10,000%. And being an Alvin Kamara owner in fantasy myself, I'm kind of disappointed to see him lose touches. But if he, that means he's going to win me some playoff games, then, uh, you know, uh, it's water under the bridge, as they say. So, um <laughs> Yeah, um, I think it's a good trade. Seventh round pick. I think they swapped him for a guy who's who arguably they could have got four season for uh, basically like a million bucks at veterans minimum. But he comes back to New Orleans and he goes down for the stretch run. So I'm I'm into it. Four and two Saints. Maybe they got something down there. Uh, we'll see. Um, speaking of the trade deadline, uh, some targets I want to throw at you real quick here, Trevor. You give me an idea whether or not this is a tradable be relevant and if they'll make any impact on their next team if they get traded um nick Foles 
third string on Nick Foles. I know we're putting out an MIA report for him, an ATL, an attempt to locate. Nobody knows where he is. Um, seriously, I mean, so we should do a well-being check on this guy at this point. And a third, third on the depth chart in Chicago, and behind people like Justin Fields, who had six turnovers last week, and uh, um, uh, uh, the Red Rifle, uh, Andy Dalton, like. Uh, do you think anybody should give the, the Bears a little maybe fifth round or sixth round pick for this guy? Like Seattle, Cleveland maybe, something like that? Well, it it really depends on a team's needs. Um, uh, and that's, that's, you know, which team is in dire need of a good backup is not an easy situation to just pick up on as a, as a casual observer of the league. Um, and it, you know, it's based on assumed tragedy for your starting quarterback but uh you know we we've seen time and again how important it is to have a good backup that can come in and win games and you know when it comes to that Nick Foles might have the best backup QB resume of all time um you know came in and took the team all the way through the postseason to a Super Bowl win uh pretty you know could you ask more from a backup quarterback so I, I definitely think that uh, the right team should be looking at this guy because he doesn't he's better than sitting third on a roster. Um, he may even at this point be better than Andy Dalton as a backup. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's it's uh, definitely something that teams should be looking at. Um, just uh, last week or what was it the Thursday? When did when did the uh, Broncos play the the Browns. Was that last Thursday? Yes. Yeah. So you saw it right there. Uh, you know, uh, Case Keenum uh, playing backup quarterback does a you know solid job, and they come out with the win. Uh, whereas the Broncos, you know, they've they've got no backup quarterback to speak of. So they put a you know a hobbling Teddy Bridgewater out there. The O-line still can't protect him. Um, he keeps sacrificing his body to make the plays, but he's not going to be able to do that for another eight weeks. So, you know, a team like that definitely should be looking at a good backup quarterback, but it may be a, not the best example because they don't have a lot to uh, to build on, uh, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I got it. Um, and certainly, like, you'd want your backup quarterback situation to be ideal as possible. I'm just surprised he doesn't even – is he really that bad? <laughs> like, he can't even, he no, can't that's, even get that's what in I mean. front of a rookie it, uh, that's just struggling. Well, and, I, I, you know, I'm not sure how that's some of these, helping his – Some of these teams – yeah, some of these teams that are, you know, at this point in the season, uh, predictably heading into the postseason, teams like – let's talk – you know, for example, our Thursday night game this week, you got the Packers and the Cardinals right. – both of them are going to the postseason. It's 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 impossible to imagine that they wouldn't make right. it. Um, we know that the Packers like their other QB option, uh, Love. Sure. Um, you said like them, Love. You know, they 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 like him. They like <laughs> but him his name is enough love. that they yeah his name is okay. Love. They like him enough. <laughs> they like him enough that uh, you know we weren't even sure that they were going to have Rodgers this year. I don't know off the top of my head who the backup in Arizona is, right. but having the season that they're having, the trajectory that they're on, I think the backup quarterback is an important position for that team. Certainly, um, 
And I think it's an important position for the Packers as well. I'm just saying that, you know, I happen to know who the, the backup for the Packers are, and they're not looking for another backup. Um, but Nick Foles, absolutely, we could definitely see him traded this okay. week. Uh, quick hit, Brandon Cooks, yes or no? Uh, yeah. I, it, the guy is uh, very capable of making an impact on almost any offense if they use him right. You know, he's not going to be the guy that, you know, gets the game ball. Uh, but he can absolutely contribute to successful offenses. Okay, Trevor does not like game balls, in case you were keeping track. So, or people <laughs> who are allowed to have them, Trevor. Not everybody gets a trophy. Some people get game balls, okay? So, <laughs> uh, let's jump into the games this week. Now that we're well settled in, you mentioned the, the Thursday night game. Thursday night, best Thursday night game probably ever. Uh, I would, we love to be judged by my opinion of this. Green Bay, they uh, <laughs> have to be. I, don't, I can't re- recall a, a game with higher stakes and two better teams. Green Bay at Arizona, 6-1 Green Bay, 7-0 Arizona, 3-0 at home. They've been so good. Six-and-a-half point favorite to Arizona, over under 50-and-a-half. You've got to think that without any receivers other than Mark. Uh, actually, I don't even think Scantling will play. Green Bay is kind of coming in this short week. Not a lot of... Uh, not a lot of guys to throw to. Why should I care about the way Green Bay might win this game? Because I don't think they will. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't think Green Bay is going to win this one. Um, but uh, even so, uh, as long as Aaron Rodgers is still under center, um, you know, I, I don't really buy into the whole narrative that he doesn't have the right weapons or you know he needs better receivers. I think uh, guys of his caliber. Uh, they make it work with you know. There there aren't any bad receivers in the NFL. There's just good ones and really good ones. Uh, it's the NFL. You have to be good just to be considered. And I think somebody like Aaron Rodgers makes it work. Um, it's definitely he's going to get less help from his receivers, but it's always on him, and and that part hasn't changed. So I think that the Packers are going to stay competitive. They're going to stay in this game. You're going to see some amazing plays by Aaron Rodgers. Um, you almost always do. Uh, so I do think this is going to be a really, really great Thursday night game. But I have to take the Cardinals at home. Uh, I think the Cardinals win. I think the Packers cover the spread. I think this comes down to possibly even a, a walk-off field goal. Mm. But, uh, but I think the Packers keep it close, uh, even with their limited uh, you know, or backup uh, wide receivers. So uh, I'm taking the Packers to cover, Cardinals to win, and I'm taking the over on this one, 50, 50 and a half points. I'm taking the over. Yeah, and I, <clears throat> it's a good call. I, you know, honestly, with this game, uh, Green Bay not been too good against the pass, and with Zach Ertz coming into play, a 14, to set, 14 touchdowns, seven interception ratio for the for Green Bay defense when it comes to defending the, the pass this year. So um, Zach Ertz looked great. Uh, they got everybody the ball. A.J. Green, Andy Isabella, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Ronda. I mean, I, you don't, you know, you can't run a dime defense all game because you got also got Chase Edmonds and uh, James Conner. I, I mean, I don't, you know, this is like the the greatest show on turf in in, in the desert. So I, as far as I'm concerned, you know, Arizona hasn't looked better. They played staunch staunch defense. They've been good against everything, pass, run, and whatnot. Um, they've blown out good teams. Uh, yeah, I you know you got to give the, them credit and look to start everybody on their offense. 
Um, I actually kind of like Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in this game because I think Green Bay will have to run the ball to sort of cover up the deficiencies of receiver. Um, so, yeah, those are my starts. And also, part of me, you know, Aaron Rodgers, man, sleeping in hotels, waking up with stiff backs. Could carry over into Thursday. Just uh, a heads up. So if you heard his if you heard his <laughs> press conference, just the, I did the biggest tool bag in the league. So <laughs> that's, anyway, that's great. yeah. Well, that's Aaron Rodgers for you. Carolina at Atlanta, three and four. Uh, Carolina three and three. Atlanta three point favorites in Atlanta. Over under forty six. Atlanta coming back, being relevant. Beat a good Miami team last week, even though they're one and six. Miami. Um, Beat the right. Jets a couple uh, close games. I mean, they had Tampa Bay on the ropes for a bit there in week two. Finally figuring out. Yeah, things things can change fast in this league, and the Panthers are not the team they were in the first three weeks, and neither are the Falcons. Um, the Falcons, a lot of the new pieces are falling into place, finding a rhythm. Um, they're... You know, they're really moving the ball on offense now, and the Panthers just aren't. Um, I definitely, I'm, I'm taking Atlanta in this one. Um, I think Atlanta beats the three-point spread. I think they beat the Panthers by a touchdown. Mm. Um, I am going to take the over on this one, uh, but not by much. 46 is close. Uh, but, yeah, taking the Falcons to win, Falcons to beat the spread, and I'm taking the over. Okay. Um Still like Matt Ryan here. I thought he played really well last week, and Carolina's sort of on the ropes. Uh, Stephon Gilmore might start this week, so um, I'm not sure how that's going to affect Calvin Ridley's stat line or if he lines up in the slot or what have you, but just keep an eye on that. Um, you know, Russell Gage. Here's a guy we haven't heard a lot from. Uh, got hurt in week one. Came back. Uh, supposed to be back this week. Probably a free agent in your league. I would keep an eye on him. I mean, he's the number two receiver on a pass-heavy offense. Um Mike Davis, not sure what's going on, with, what's, what's happened with him. Um, just not enough fantasy points in my mind week to week to sort of start here. I'd, I'd probably sit him. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, Carolina, Sam Darnold, man. I, I, another guy, I mean, yeah, uh, Atlanta's defense certainly is vulnerable. And granted, you know, DJ Moore, the likes of, um, yeah, him. <laughs> well, I can't remember anybody else. Uh, you know, would be a really good start here. Um but Mike Davis for Atlanta, I, I don't know. I'm not selling him anymore. Potential cut. Maybe you trade for him. You get pick him up at like a cheap rate. Uh, that would be nice. Uh, but like I said, I like Matt Ryan. I like Russell Gage. I like Kyle Pitts. He's coming on. He made a ridiculous one-handed catch on the sideline last year, uh, last week. Excuse me. Uh, he, all he does is make ridiculous catches uh, when he when he can. And um, yeah, man, that's that's that is my. Little uh, tidbits here. I'm trying to see if we got anybody else I had written down, um, but that's uh, that is it, my friend. That's that is it, my friends. So we're moving on. Uh, that's all I got. I, I don't know what to say. Uh, Miami on the road taking on Buffalo, one and six. Miami four and two. Buffalo three thirteen a half point favorite to Buffalo, forty nine and a half over under. Buffalo coming off a bye week. Miami coming off a couple of really tough losses, and then going back on the road um, to play Buffalo. Miami's reeling, just reeling right now, and they have a savior. His name's Deshaun Watson. <laughs> uh, a lot of speculation there. If you heard anything about the owners' meeting this week, so um, anywho, what are you, what are we looking at here, Mister Mister Koppel? Well, so we're looking at division rivals and a Dolphins team that's better than their record. Um, 
it's it's easy to take the Bills to win this one, but with a 13.5-point spread, uh, something in my bones tells me that the Dolphins are going to cover the spread. They're going to make this game competitive. Uh, the, they won't they won't really have a chance to win it at the end, but uh, but Buffalo I think wins by by ten points, not not fourteen. Uh, so I'm taking the Dolphins to cover, Buffalo to win, and I'm going to take the over on this one also. Yeah, tough matchup for Tua um, going up, uh, going up against the number one fantasy fantasy defense in terms of points allowed for quarterbacks and just in general they've been extremely stingy. Um, yeah, I you know I. It Miami, and he got knocked out in week what week two? He broke his ribs against Buffalo. It's Oof. it's sort of like a redemption game. Although uh, Miami coming up the the coast, I don't know if anybody's seen this, the weather up in uh, New England or the New York area. That air just been hammered, absolutely hammered by rain and wind. So I don't expect it to be a good passing game for either quarterback. But with that being said, like like me some Zach Moss in this game. I like uh, Salvon Ahmed. He's a running back from Miami. Try saying that. that that's a that's a that's a name right there. Uh, he's uh, only rostered three percent of leagues. Uh, Malcolm Brown is out. He's out for the year. Miles Gaskin. Him. We're going to be splitting uh, some some reps. So we'll see what happens there. Salvon Ahmed. Um, yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know, like me, some uh, Devin Singletary as well. Stephon Diggs. Kind of a disappointment this year. A little bit. A little bit. Oh man, uh, yeah, I, I saw something. It, it may have changed uh, recently, but it was last week that I saw something about how uh, uh, Trayvon Diggs, the rookie, no, second his year, brother. Uh, yeah, his brother, mm-hmm. second year cornerback. Is he cornerback? Cornerback. Um, yeah, second year cornerback for Dallas. Uh, uh, you know, at least a week ago. May, I mean, unless Stephon Diggs got a touchdown, I didn't know about. Uh, they're, they both have the same amount of touchdowns, Two. which is just crazy. Crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, and and so that, yeah, he's just kind of been a disappointment. I, I think he kind of slowed down in terms of his fantasy numbers. But I think they, they've just been running the ball more in Buffalo. Uh, obviously, an early bye week doesn't help, but it is what it is. So, um, so I hate to reiterate this again. Bad weather, 60 miles per hour winds, lots of rain. Be careful who you start in this game. <laughs> if they're not a running back, that's all I can really say. So regardless if it's if it's Miami and they're banked up on defense, I think both their corners are back too. So um, okay, uh, San Francisco at Chicago. Before I get into the over under and the spread, shout out to some of our Chicago Bears fans out there who are listening, and I really appreciate your your follows and everything else. And I'm sorry about the six turnover game and the fact that Brady could have hung a fifty burger on you last week and decided to just take the fries. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, oh man. I don't know. You know, Justin Fields, you can't help but feel bad for him. Uh, social media sort of forced his forced the coach's hand into starting him, and he's clearly not ready, and they don't care. <laughs> so what can you do, right? Uh, let's try it out the kid that doesn't know mathematics into a spelling bee or something. I don't know. That's a bad metaphor. Um, <laughs> San Francisco at, at uh, Chicago, 2-4 and four, San Francisco, 3-4 and four Bears. Jimmy Garoppolo coming back home to Chicago. He played at Eastern Illinois. Four-point favorites to San Francisco, 39-and-a-half over-under. Um, a couple teams are just kind of falling. That's, they're just free-falling right now um, and looking for an identity. No, I, so Yeah, these these teams, you know, with the Bears, it's a little more obvious what the issue is, and, and they're they're making, you know, what they think are the best moves to, to, to bring uh, fields along and, and turn their franchise around. Uh, the 49ers are 
tougher to pin down in terms of what isn't clicking. Because um, they, they've never really, you know, you know, when they were good the last few seasons, it seems to be like it didn't matter who was under center. Um, but, yeah, this matchup, this one's tough. Um, my gut says that, the you know, the Vegas odds are correct, that the 49ers are going to win. Um, but I'd put this one on upset alert. Hmm. Um, the Bears are good at home. Mm-hmm. You know, they're three and four, but they're two and one at mm-hmm. home. And uh, that's a tough place to play, and they play tough in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so against a team like the 49ers, you know, th- this is, you know, a matchup that might not be decided by the quarterbacks. Um, it's going to be close. I'm going to take the Bears to cover that spread. I, I think it's a close game. Uh, I'm still going to take San Francisco to win, but I won't be surprised if the Bears walk away with this one. Um, I'm going to take the over on 39 and a half. Yeah. Glad you mentioned it's a tough game for quarterbacks because I tell you what, if you start Khalil Herbert this week, I wouldn't be upset about it. San Francisco 10th against running backs. However, if they're going to do anything on offense, they're going to have to give the ball a lot to Khalil Herbert, who ran for over 100 yards last week in that abysmal matchup against Tampa Bay. Uh, only continues to improve, and honestly, he's a good runner. He's just a, he's a great north south runner. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's north south downhill yeah. running. He's west. Good he's going to end up in Russia, right? He's just going all over the globe. Um, and so, 18, 18 PPR points in consecutive games, twenty one touches in each game. Um, I like Khalil Herbert. I like Elijah Mitchell. I like Jamichael Hasty. I think Elijah Mitchell and Jamichael Hasty are both available and. A good percentage of leagues. So if you look at somebody like that as a spot start, maybe a bye week sort of deal, or just somebody you, you just need because you've just been getting crap out of out of whoever you're starting because you didn't listen to us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so a solid number two fantasy option in all leagues for Elijah Mitchell. Um, Akeem Hicks is out. You know, Killamack might be out. So yes, their defense is good, of course. Uh, I do think they're vulnerable in terms of being run on up front. Um, that's why, I don't, like you said. You know, no Jimmy Garoppolo here. I, I think he's proven enough. Granted, he's back at home. Maybe he plays inspired ball. I'm not convinced that'll happen. But nonetheless, um, and Justin Fields, I just can't help but feel bad for. He's just not worth even keeping on a roster at this point unless he shows something better. So um, that's 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 the way the news goes, folks. So <laughs> <laughs> um, Pittsburgh at Cleveland, three and a half point favorite for Cleveland, 42 over under, 42 and a half over under, excuse me. Uh, love the AFC North matchup, late October, a little chilly up there in Cleveland. Beautiful day, though. Cleveland's was uh, a little bit a bit on the free fall, man. I think they're a team that sort of took themselves a little too serious, that they were serious contenders, but although maybe a wild card spot. And Pittsburgh is just, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh. <laughs> they're always going to hang around. Right. They're always going to be competitive, but they're getting little, They're just really slow, really slow on defense and offense. What do we see here? I mean, this is a really great rivalry. Um, I mean, in terms, it's a really good recent rivalry. Mm-hmm. It wasn't much of a rivalry uh, a few years back. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, with the way things shook out at the end of the season last year and the first round of the playoffs, uh, these two teams – are going to be really fired up for this matchup. Uh, I'm taking Cleveland, and I think Cleveland will beat the spread. I think the the Steelers are going to play some good ball. They're going to do everything they can to stop the run. Uh, but, you know, everybody that plays the Browns does do everything to stop the run, and, and nobody stops the run. So 
I think the Browns are going to win this one by a touchdown. They're going to win. They're going to beat the spread. I'm taking the over on the 42-and-a-half because um, I, I, I do think the Browns have a good defense, but I, actually both these teams have great defenses, um, but the Browns move the ball on everybody, and the Browns' defense has not been playing up to their potential, in my opinion. So I do think this game goes over the 42-and-a-half. So here's a, here's a good stat for you. Um, well, before I get to that, De'Aaron Johnson looked great last week. That offensive oh my line God, he's amazing. Cle- Absolutely incredible. Looked fantastic. Uh, the offensive line in Cleveland is just a bunch of maulers um, all over the side of the ball. Um, from uh, and, uh, Excuse me for the names, but if you just watch them, they play cohesively. They pancake people. They're going out to lunch. You know, they just they just taking the lunch pail and running with it. And so um, I still kind of like De'Aaron Johnson, but Pittsburgh's only allowed two rushing touchdowns um, this year. So very stingy against the run. I, I mean, yes, they, they run the ball on everybody. So it's it's possible that this is just a sort of outlier stat. Um, but, you know, 646, 4.3 carry, two touchdowns. That's what Pittsburgh's allowed. On the flip side, passing 1,500 yards, 11 touchdowns, two interceptions. So, yes, the yards are down, but Pittsburgh's 3-3. Three and three. Um, I like Baker Mayfield in this game. I, 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 if he starts, uh, he's injured. Uh, I think he will play, though, correct? Um, I think he's expected to play. Okay. Um, but, you know, coming back to our earlier conversation about backup quarterbacks. Case Keenum. Case Keenum with Kevin Stefanski. Right. Kevin Stefanski was calling plays when Minnesota. Case Keenum went all the way to the NFC Championship right. and then tanked. Um, but, you know, just a really maybe the best backup quarterback situation in the league is to have somebody as capable as Case Keenum. Right. He's not... He's not a year-long star. He's a he's a solid backup, but uh, to have him with somebody that knows how to get success from him the way Stefanski already does, they've got a great backup quarterback situation. Yeah, I yeah. thought he played really well against a pretty stingy Denver defense. Granted, they didn't score a lot of points, and, and Teddy Bridgewater was like half dead. But um, I, in case Keenum Count balled, man, and he scored 15 points in the fantasy league. It's not like it's a lot for a quarterback, but like honestly, if you got between him, Jimmy Garoppolo, Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz, Jameis Winston. I mean, like, throw a dart at the board and see what sticks. He's not a bad start. And obviously, that's why I think, I, I just think they, they're they going to play very conservative passing ball. Especially if, if Baker Mayfield's hurt. It's going to be short passes. They're going to be quick out of his hands. So he does get hurt. I, that's why I kind of just like the start. I just don't think Pittsburgh has the speed on defense to sort of match up with, like, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry. Davis and Joku, and some guys like that, and that's yeah, so. that's the sort of football that the Browns love to play. Right. They they love to rely on the run, but they're going to take their opportunities through the air when they need to, and uh, and you know Baker Mayfield, people know him. He was the you know Heisman winner, all that stuff. Uh, Case Keenum, people forget that he set NCAA passing records at Houston. Right. Um, he's obviously shown himself to not be that guy at the NFL level. But he knows how to throw the ball with confidence. Yeah. Um, so regardless of who's starting for the Browns, I think that if they have to win through the air, that's what they're going to do. So I'm definitely taking the Browns in this Seek one. Seek this one in. Chase Claypool, good start here. Um, seven targets in his last game. Um, granted, he's been kind of been down this year, but good flex. Five catches for 101 and a touchdown. 11 targets last year against, against Cleveland. And Cleveland's allowed six touchdowns to receivers in the past three games. So keep an eye out. On some just little stat guys here, here and there. Darius Johnson even then, too. We'll see. So, 
Well, here it is. Here's the heartburn game of the week, folks. Philadelphia at Detroit, <laughs> two and five. <laughs> and you can't. You got to feel bad for Philly. I'm not sure what happened here. And Detroit just plays very inspired ball, despite them having the biggest tool bag of a head coach in the NFL. Um, two and five, Philly. Zero oh and seven, Lions. Three point favorite to Philly. Over under forty eight. You got to think this is Detroit's opportunity to win a game, right? This, That's exactly. This you read my mind. Right. You read my mind. I'm taking the Lions to win this one. Uh, enough is enough. They're at home. Uh, they've been looking better in their losses, if that makes sense. Um, well, we're, we're but uh, sense. regardless, regardless of your your you know what you've seen from the head coach, um, I, I do think they're playing better football recently in the games they've been losing, and I I think this is their chance. I think they're going to keep this score low and they're going to walk away with a win. I'm taking the okay. Lions to upset. I'm taking the under on the 48. Two guys I keep an eye on, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott. Miles Sanders is out. Two guys who are honestly not rostering a lot of leagues, 46% for Kenneth Gainwell, 2% for Boston Scott. Uh, I know you want to hear me say Boston Scott. Yeah, there it is. Okay, yeah, get it out there from New England. Um, and so I like both of those guys as far, as far as pickups and flex. On Detroit's just kind of a mess in general. I mean, yes, they play hard. They're a mess, okay? They're they're 0-7 for a reason. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> All right. Uh, Khalif Raymond, another interesting pickup here this week. He's kind of uh, turned on the Jets in terms of production. I uh, don't have a percentage for where he's owned. However, I just keep an eye on him in case you need another flex or somebody's on a bye, you got an injury, or I don't know, you just suck. So you're just struggling. You just need any sort of hope at this point. Uh, 6% of leaks. And, um, yeah, Philly, um, you know, Jalen Hurts has been really good. He's picked up so much garbage stat, garbage time stats. I mean, he's only going to – you think he's like the second, third or fourth uh, highest-ranked fantasy football player with nice rushing yards. And now Miles Sanders is out. He's going to get – he's just going to get a lot of yards. I mean, it's just as simple as that. Um, Khalif Raven, uh, Quintez Cephas, Detroit. Even Devontae Smith would be a really good starting right receiver this week. So moving on, Cincinnati at New York. Cincinnati, 10.5-point favorite, 42 over under for, for Cincinnati – uh, New York here. Um, yeah. God. Joe Flacco's back, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, man. Let's go, buddy. Uh, 2010 all Joe over Flacco's back. And, and honestly, is it too early to say that Jamar Chase is matchup proof? Unbelievable. Um, absolutely. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Doesn't, um, and he just torched uh, Baltimore last, last week and went against Marlon Humphrey, arguably, arguably the best cornerback in the league, by the way. So if you draft him like the sixth round, he's up there. Just, yeah, he's in the genius. conversation. So you're freaking genius. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I started the season with Jamar Chase on my bench, and uh, he's an every week starter now. Yeah. So um, I'm definitely taking the Bengals in this matchup. I don't think it requires a lot of explanation, but uh, here we go. Uh, the Jets don't have a chance in this game. Uh, I'm going to take the Bengals to win. I think they'll beat the spread. I think this is a two-touchdown victory. Um, if they have to do it themselves, I think uh, they they make it over 42 points. I, I don't say anything about Cincinnati. I mean, we just watched Mar Chase and I mean uh, Joe um, Joe Burrow is arguably the hottest <laughs> cornerback and quarterback in fantasy right now. It's just been absolutely unbelievable. And Jamar Chase is the number one receiver in fantasy. Uh, CJ Uzamoa, um, a guy I mentioned sort of last week. Yeah, I mean, I don't see him having a big game here. Um, he's kind of like a, a streamer, if you will. It's some guy you kind of keep an eye on every week. 
I kind of like Joe Flacco as a little bit of a two-quarterback league guy, a little super flex. Um, they're going to throw a ball a lot. Mike White got two touchdowns last week against New England in 200 yards. So um, they're going to throw the ball a lot. <laughs> I mean, I don't, <laughs> they're going to get killed. I don't know what else to say, you know. Uh, Michael Carter, uh, of course, I, I've preached him all year. He's kind of coming around. He's had 10 points, uh, I think, three or four straight weeks. Um, they're running back there for New York. And uh, Elijah Moore looked really good last week. So I, I think there's a little turnaround on New York's offense uh, as far as the, the skill players are concerned. Everything else is not good. So <laughs> we're going to move on from him because they lost 52-14 uh, last week. Will Joe Flacco start? I think so. I think yeah. so. The guy, he's very familiar with that offense. And um, <laughs> I know. I know. It's, you know, we, we want to laugh about it, but really it's just something that makes you want to cry. So w- luckily this is therapy for me. So uh, speaking of a game that's going to make <laughs> a lot of people cry, uh, <laughs> at the L.A. Rams, at Houston Texans, 14 and a half point favorite for LA over under 47 and a half. Oy vey, as uh, my grandmother would say. So, what do we have here? <laughs> well, uh, y- you know, it's going to be a lot like the last game we discussed. Um, the Texans don't have a chance. Uh, even with that ridiculous spread, I'm going to take the Rams to beat the spread. Um, <laughs> Even though I don't expect much out of the Texans, I'm taking the over on the 47.5 because that's just who the Rams are right mm-hmm. now. So uh, I think if you have a Ram on your fantasy team, you got to start them in this game. Uh, yeah, th- there's not a whole lot else to break down. <laughs> yeah, no, as simple as that. It's an easy defense start for the Rams. Um, honestly, you know... Okay, so they lost Mark Ingram. So I don't mind you looking at David Johnson, twenty six percent rostered in any and all and ESPN Yahoo leagues. Um, don't have a ton of faith in him, but Philip Lindsay. I mean, they're all going to get traded at some point. I, I assume it's just a lot of these veteran running backs. I I, I mean, you got to think Houston's going to want to get some value for these guys and maybe draft positions. So if anything, if you want to take something away from this game, just pick them up for the sake of they may be on another team and maybe they may be starting. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> oh, and one last one, Van Jefferson, 25% of leagues he's owned in against Houston. Um, in case something happens to Cooper Cup throughout the year, I mean, he's gotten a lot of volume, but, uh, you know, you wonder if his body's going to hold up and Robert Woods is sort of the same way. So moving on, Jacksonville, oh, my Lord, at Seattle, three-point favorite for Seattle, over under 43-and-a-half. Uh, boy, there is some – it's a tough week for football, folks. I hope you like red zone. So, <laughs> <laughs> seven hours of commercial free, buddy. You know, that's all you're going to be watching. Um, yeah, Zuboy Seattle's got to figure this out. Uh, Geno Smith, you know, you got to feel bad for him. They just don't open up the playbook for him. DK Metcalf's doing everything he can to sort of put the team on his back. And without the running game, I mean, they're just very lost. And honestly, their defense looks hopeless. Seattle's does. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a trap game and Jacksonville comes in and beats them at, at home. You know, this, this is, I, I can't believe how difficult this matchup is to predict. Because um, if 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 you hadn't watched any football until this point, you'd say, oh, the Seahawks, easy home win. Uh, the Seahawks are 0-3 at home. The Jaguars are 0-2 away. 1-5 against 2-5. So it's just, you know... It, it's not going to be shocking if the Jaguars go on the road and get their second win of the season. 
Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Seahawks are going to pull this one off for the first time in weeks. Uh, hmm. But nobody is going to be surprised if they don't. But I'm taking Seattle to win. I think they're going to beat the spread. I think Seattle wins by a touchdown. Um, I'm going to take the over on this 43 and a half. Yeah. Okay. No DJ Chark for this game. By the way, good, good, good uh, point on that one. Uh, it, it, you, you think they're going to win at home against easy opponent on the road? I mean, excuse me, at, at, at Seattle. I mean, uh, it's it just is like. They got to turn it around. Uh, you know, Pete Carroll's got to be really enthusiastic or go back to the USC roots a little bit here. You know, um, Lavisca Chenault Jr. fifty percent of leagues, fifty six percent leagues rostered. In. DJ Chark, as I was just saying, is not uh, playing this week. So uh, him, like some Marvin Jones, uh, Seattle is a. I mean, they're just horrendous. Their defense is bad. They're they're very bad. I don't care. If you watch the game and you thought, well, maybe they put up a good fight against uh, New Orleans, yeah, well, it was downpouring. <laughs> so, you know, it was it was a difficult matchup for any offense going in there with that sort of weather conditions. And honestly, um, you know, any receiver for Jacksonville, I like to start. I think Trevor Lawrence might have a pretty good game. I, I don't see why not. And Rashad Penny, 37% of leagues owned in. Alex Collins has been terrible. Um, keep an eye on him in case it's something that switches up. So for the long term, when Chris Carson's still out, uh, Washington at Denver, and I guess we look like we're getting might be getting some effects of the bomb cyclone coming through here. Denver three point favorite over under forty four. Um, Denver needs desperately needs a win. So does Washington stay, stay in any sort of uh, competitive hunt here? You know, it, it's yeah, it's going to be a sloppy you game. You say competitive. You say competitive hunt. Yes. Um, I don't even think that the Broncos are in that hunt right wow. now. Only only the numbers keep them in the conversation. Mm. But the way the team is going right now, I I'm taking Washington in an upset. Okay. Um, and it it's not a tough decision to come to because I've been watching the Broncos and they just I they don't have a competent backup. They can't protect Teddy Bridgewater. Um. Melvin Gordon and and uh, I forget their rookie running back, but they're not being given Devontae the opportunities. Williams, yeah. Devontae mm-hmm. Williams, thank you, Williams, and and they're just not getting the opportunities that they need to make this a run dominant team, which is almost the only option I see for the offense right now. Um, so I I think that uh, I think Heine- Heineke's still starting, yeah. Yep. Um, so I I think. Uh, you know they've been playing some again. You've already heard me say this this week, but Washington is looking good in their losses, and I think that this is an opponent they can go on the road and put a put one in the win column, uh, unless something really really changes for the Broncos' offense. Um, we know the Broncos have a good defense, um, but when you have them out there for four quarters, they they can't stop an opponent all day long, and that's the problem. So I think Washington gets this one. They, I mean, with Denver favored, I'm picking an upset here. So Washington beats the mm. spread, wins. Um, I am going to take the over on the 44 points. Washington's defense has been very bad. Uh, so my only argument for Denver is that 19 to four touchdown ratio, 2100 yards allowed passing. That Teddy Bridgewater is going to come in here and sling the ball. Um, Jerry Judy's going to come back. It's going to be in the rain. I, I, Teddy Bridgewater is kind of one of those like bad weather sort of quarterbacks. Taylor Heineke um, going to have a tough day at the at the office. 
they're just good. They're just, they, you know, Denver has a really stingy defense. You can't help but feel bad for them. And unless they get some sort of running game started, um, just to sort of give this offensive line some some confidence and the ability to just block somebody, for God's sakes, don't somebody please think about the children. You know, um, <laughs> it's just, you know, you, you'd think Teddy Bridgewater is a great star. I think he is in this game. 32nd against quarterbacks. That's what Washington is. 32nd. They spent like 15 first-round picks on, like, fat guys. I mean, nobody in the secondary. <laughs> like, what the hell? Um, so I'm a big fan of that. Jerry Judy coming back. Tim Patrick may get kind of the push out, so if you need to cut him, cut him. Um, you know, Antonio Gibson's back for Washington, so I expect him to get a lot of carries. Uh, other than that, you know, it's just a game. It's just kind of – it's a tiny, tiny bit hard to predict. And even then, I kind of like Melvin Gordon. I like Javante Williams. I, I don't hate Denver in this matchup, man. I, I could see what you're saying, but I really, you know, I, I don't hate the, what they got coming to the table here against Washington. No, I, I, I don't hate them in this matchup yeah. either. That's why I'm taking the over. Yeah. I think that they'll find the end zone. Yeah. Um, sloppy. But, man, I just, you know, the last four weeks, the Broncos, it, it, it just, in a word, uninspiring. Right. Um, they, they really need, uh, honestly, they probably need a new head coach. Yeah. They need a culture change, uh, on that roster. So my gut tells me that they're losing again this week. Okay. All right. You heard it from Trevor. His gut, it has the, uh, has the right amount of BBU, BPUs and bacteria to suggest uh, that <laughs> against Vegas. So there you go. Uh, Tampa Bay at uh, New Orleans, six and one. Tampa Bay, four and two. New Orleans, five and a half point favor. The Tampa Bay over under fifty. Boy, Champagne's got this guy. Got New Orleans playing like a uh, like a house of cards. And I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe at some point when if they end up going to the playoffs, he wins Coach of the Year. I, I think he's done really well down there. Uh, but Tom Brady, I mean. He, yeah, Jesus. No, he, yeah, Tom Brady's <laughs> on one right yeah, now. Yeah, he's definitely. But on but one. you're absolutely right. The the Saints have definitely uh, pulled a rabbit out of the hat this season in terms of where they sit at the let's call it the halfway mark. Uh, or at least we'll be closer after this week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the Saints at four and two, uh, winning some games that you know upsets. Um, I think that they're going to make this a really good game. Uh, they're at home. They they have a four and two record uh, division matchup. And if the playoffs were next week, they would be in the playoffs, which is huge uh, for a Saints team that that just did not have a lot uh, of promise going into this season. Right. Um, but yeah, they like we talked about earlier. They just got stronger at running back. They have options now in their backfield. Um, so I, I like the Saints to keep this competitive. And I think uh, I think I'm going to take them to cover the spread. Hmm. I think Tampa Bay wins, but not by a touchdown. Um, and I'm taking the over on this game big time. Definitely going to go over 15. Yeah, New Orleans has played some pretty stingy defense and really has been um, – it's just been well coached, needless to say. And the offensive line's played excellent. Kamara looks great, you know. And so they're, they're going to be competitive against Tampa Bay and certainly worth a start for a lot of their kind of big honcho guys. Um, and Tampa Bay's really banged up in defensively. I mean, secondary-wise, it's just brutal. I, I kind of like Jameis Winston here. He's a streamer. He's a guy you just want to kind of keep an eye on week to week, and I don't mind you starting him this week. If you have if you don't have Russell Wilson, which we won't name anybody who doesn't, but somebody <laughs> on this podcast doesn't, still doesn't have him. Um, 
And and with Tampa Bay averaging uh, allowing like twenty six points per game against them, uh, granted they may play from behind, and so that's even better for you to start Justin, uh, Jameis Winston, Marquez Callaway, Tyquan Smith, those kind of guys. If you want some some good flexes, all worth keeping an eye on. All worth keeping an eye on. This game, so this game definitely feels uh, a little bit like the season opener, the Buccaneers Cowboys matchup. Uh, I think I think Um, you're right about that. That's a good point. I think I think you're going to see a lot of offense. I think the Saints one-two running attack is really going to wear down the Buccaneers front seven. Um, So uh, I I like this game, but I you just you can't pick against the Tom Brady offense in this matchup. Yeah. I think in the end they come out on top. Right. So yeah, absolutely. I think you got a good point there. So keep an eye on Jameis Winston, all his targets. Uh, anybody, obviously, you're start, already starting everybody on Tampa Bay. Gronk might be back soon, by the way. Keep an eye on the old Gronksta. Speaking <laughs> of Gronk and, and and New England and all the things that make me sad. New England at uh, the L.A. Chargers, five-point favorite for L.A., over under 49. New England's going to come across the country, come out of the rain. Boy, I'm sure they'll be glad to see California sunshine. But uh, Justin Herbert's been one of the hottest quarterbacks in the league, although they're coming off a really tough loss against Baltimore. New England's played everybody tough, 52-14 against New York. I don't know what else to say here other than I listen to Boston Sports Radio. (laughs) So i got a lot to say about this. Uh, you know, and, and Mac Jones seems to be getting confident and they've kind of found some, some niches in their offense that really work. And Damian Harris looks great, but it's the chargers. So what do you think might happen? Right. I think, I think this is going to be a sneaky, good game. Um, I think, uh, you know, the Patriots, you know, really, I mean, it was against the jets, but maybe that's exactly what this team needed was to beat up on a on a division rival that they're used to beating up on um and and beat up on them they did what did they score 52 points 54 right. points um it was ugly um so they definitely got some things figured out last week on offense um the chargers yeah they didn't just lose last week they got beat they got beat bad last week um but the team that they are I kind of expect them to really bounce back in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that this is going to be a good one. I, it's easy, in my opinion, to take the over on this one because um, I think I think you're going to see a lot of offense from the Chargers. And like I said, the Patriots have things clicking on offense now. Uh, I do think that the Chargers win, and I think the Chargers are going to beat the five-point spread. I think the Chargers are going to walk away uh, with a touchdown lead at the end. But uh, but it's going to be a good game. So Chargers to win by more than the spread and t- definitely taking the over. Okay, wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> not sure how to feel about that. I uh, just cried, cried a little <laughs> tear. You know, if New England loses this game, they're done. Uh, the, the, the bottom of the AFC is pretty weak. Kansas City, we'll talk about in a second, you know, is 3-4, and four, which is pretty, un- pretty remarkable. But nonetheless, I mean, you got to start Damian Harris in this game. The Chargers are very, very bad uh, run defense, and with New England's offensive line sort of getting figured out, um, including their you know, tight ends. Hunter Henry, man, four games straight with a, with, a, with a touchdown, by the way. Great red zone target. Pretty, pretty reliable. Pretty reliable. <laughs> Love him as a start here. Jared Cook, too, because New England has a really hard time defending the middle of the field. Brandon Bolden's been sort of like the James White sort of player. Um, he's only rostering seven percent of leagues, and he had, I think, twenty uh, some points last week. So, so could, could yeah, still could fill that role. 
we've always had a problem against Austin Eckler and sort of those pass catching running backs. Um, and so it could be one of those things where, you know, they come off a, a, a bye, they're at home, LA kind of gets hot, and then knowing a place from behind, it's going to be hard. Especially the crowd. <laughs> Joking. Yeah, yeah, that new stadium. You're right. Um, but I, I, like I said, I, I think that the Patriots are going to come in, play really good football, be competitive. Um, it's, I don't think that the Chargers are just going to run away with it in the first half. Um, so uh, I, I'm excited for this yeah, game. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. Great game, man. Great, great late game here. Here's a great Sunday night matchup. Minnesota, Dallas, both coming off a bye. 5-1 Dallas at 3-3 three three Minnesota. One and a half point favorite Dallas. 55 over under. This seems like a trap game for Dallas, too. I mean, a very vulnerable defense. Got torched by New England. Nothing really spectacular. Then you got to play Kirk Cousins and Vikings at home. I mean, this just screams like, let's let's go over 500 for Minnesota. <laughs> you know? Um, and they've been playing a lot better. You just pop open another beer, man? Yes, I okay, did. Okay, it's Miller time, man. The drop-top titties are out. So, so I'm very excited for this yeah. game. I, I do not like losing to the Cowboys. Um and it yeah it it's a cl- it's so the Dallas Dallas is favored by one and a half points um the Vikings have a really good home field advantage two and one at home this season um I know why Dallas is favored but I I do think this is going to be a really evenly matched game and as much as I want to call the upset I don't think I can I think the Cowboys they're going to be tested on the road, and I think they're going to win. Um, I, and oh, I need a drink. Hold on. Oh, that did not taste good. Okay. Um, I mean, the beer tasted great, <laughs> but uh, but you know, the the I I think uh, I think the Cowboys, you know, they're uh, they're typically expected season-ending implosion. Uh, not gonna happen this week. I got, I got. Um, not not saying that they're uh, a lock for a big postseason run. I know a lot of people feel that way. Uh, I do think that they're gonna win this week on Sunday night. It's not gonna be easy for Viking fans to watch a prime time home loss, but uh, but that's what the smart money is on. So with a one and a half point spread, I think Dallas wins and beats the spread. I think it's a three-point game. Uh, I'm definitely taking the over on this one. These two teams can can put up uh, big points, so it's an easy pick on the over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you know Trayvon Diggs is always kind of uh, saddled in for something big in terms of making an impact. And so don't be, you know, he, he could Kirk Cousins gets baited. You know, he gets baited and he'll try to make a throw, and he might end up paying for it. Um, yeah. And I and I be honest with you it, it's tough because you know you're going to want to start all your offensive players this game and you should <laughs> uh you know i like zeke i like dak uh dak prescott i like justin jefferson and all the sort of the fun that's going to have over under 55 it's going to be sort of uh, a laser show up there in minnesota on a sunday night game and your favorite commentator chris Collinsworth, is going to talk comment the game <laughs> so of course you're going to be on the edge of your seat um, I have nothing else really to say about this other than it's just going to be a great game. It's going to be a great one to sit back and watch. And wouldn't be surprised if Dallas pulls one out last second, field goal or something like that. So, okay, our last game of the week, folks. It's an auspicious Monday night. New York Giants at Kansas City Chiefs, 2-5 and five, New York, 3-4 and four, Kansas City. 9.5 point favorite to Kansas City, 52.5 over under. So, 
Kansas City, worst stretch they've had in years, yet they're still favored by almost 10 points against New York. I mean, what does that, that, yeah. what does that say more about New York or Kansas City? What do you think? I, I think it's I think it's both. I think it's who the Giants are and who we still expect the Chiefs to be. Um, uh, even if the Chiefs aren't the team everyone thought they were, they're better than they have been. Um so, yeah, I think this is a must-win game for the Chiefs, and I think the Chiefs do win it. Um, a nine-and-a-half-point spread with the way both teams played last week is a little steep for me. I, I am going to take the Giants to cover this spread. I think the Giants are going to find the end zone against a struggling Chiefs defense, uh, but I do think the Chiefs will outpace them in this game. So I'm right. taking the Giants to cover, the Chiefs to win, and I'm taking the over on the 52.5. Chiefs 31st against opposing quarterbacks. So Daniel Jones might be a nice start here. I say that, and then he throws three picks against the Rams that one week. So that sucked. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, Mahomes going to come back and make some magic out of things. Monday night, he usually performs well in prime time. Uh, New York played really well against Carolina last week, but who hasn't lately? Um, <laughs> and and <laughs> I, I just expect, you know, Kansas City to sort of slow things down run the ball, get some things sort of started here, open up the passing game for Kelsey and Hill, and just get Mahomes confident again because he took a big hit last week. Bad enough where I thought he got decapitated. And I've watched a lot of the History Channel. I know what that looks like. Okay. So, um, you know, it, you kind of worry about him considering they, they, they added so much to the offensive line and really got nothing out of it. And with New York, they're just sort of a dumpster fire waiting to fire Joe Judge. And I'm not really sure when the, when the needle will turn on that one. But nonetheless... Um, yeah, man, Kansas City, hopefully, for their sake, big win on Monday night. Uh, Daryl Williams is a great start in this. Giants have had a really hard time controlling any running backs. PPR allowed 12 per game for the starting running backs. Um, and honestly, like I said, Daniel Jones, Devontae Booker, it's just not a very good Chiefs defense. So I wouldn't be surprised if they can pace a little bit just because of the way they've played. But Jabril, Jabril Peppers tore his ACL for, for New York, and so the secondary is just going to be have a hard matchup. James Bradbury is one of the best, but hard to match up against Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman, uh, Pringle. Got him hungry. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> and J- Travis Kelsey when you just are going to be playing from behind all the time. So um, that's the way the news goes, folks. That is week eight in the books. Do you have anything else to say about this, Trevor, before we... Um, Jump off the airwaves and out of the earwax until next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just that, uh, as always, there's uh, a lot of exciting games to uh, look out for, uh, even even if you're not uh, in the the fantasy uh, in the fantasy game right now. There's some really killer matchups. Should be a really great weekend for football. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, arguably some that are not so killer, um, if, unless you're using it in a different context. So um, well, but, there are there are some yeah. evenly matched good games, but then there are literal killer matchups right, right. like Bengals Jets and Rams Texans, and some people really enjoy watching those those games that are extremely one sided. So if that's your thing, this is your this week. Is your, congratulations, <laughs> you made it this far. One last thing: Tyrod Taylor appears to be returning this week. Ten percent rostered leagues um, had twenty four points a game in the first two weeks he was playing. So. I'll leave you with that nugget in case you need another quarterback and you lost Russell Wilson. 
Um, I'm I'm Rob Gaze. I'm at Bobby Line Instagram. We're at Football in General on Instagram. Please follow us. We post really funny memes. You might laugh your pants off. I don't usually wear pants, <laughs> so I'm okay. Uh, Trevor, where where are you at, sir? Uh, I'm at uh, Trev Geo Dude on Instagram. Okay, and uh, I hope you enjoyed our Week Eight preview. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a review. We are the God the Podfathers of football. We're here every single Thursday morning for your commute, and we're out. <laughs>